Hello and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I want to be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Women in Safety podcast. Today I am joined by the wonderful Sky Buatava, the director from Safe Work New South Wales. Good morning, Sky. Good morning, Alana. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Now, when we're recording this, I said to Sky this morning, I am on the back of a week of holidays that turned into a week from hell of sickness and vomiting and temperatures and children do not play games. So if it sounds scattered this morning, that's why, but it's all about the the journey and the adventure. So I was really excited to chat to Sky. I think because it's one of those, her roles are very diverse. Uh, and we're going to touch on a lot of that. But I guess before we dive into that, Sky, tell our listeners a little bit about your journey in health and safety. Yeah, it's it's not a traditional one. And, and you're right, my roles are really diverse. And it's probably because of my diverse background that, that um, makes me be able to, to perform in a number of different diverse roles. Look, I've done many things. I've been a travel agent. Um, I worked for an airline for 11 years. Um, I've been a call centre operator. Um, I've been a business analyst, a performance analyst, a resources yes. analyst, and I've worked <laughs> in telecommunications. And about 13 years ago, um, my husband said to me, check out this job with Safe Work New South Wales. And that was the beginning and end of it. Before then, I didn't really know much about work health and safety. Mm. It wasn't important to me. Um, and, and largely, I've been working in private practice. So, you know, what we always aspired to do was either, you know, deliver better customer outcomes or profit, frankly. Mm. Uh, so that was kind of the pivotal point is my, my husband kind of said, you know, check out this role. Mm. Um, and from there, I, I you know, I, I came into um, an investigations team within Safe Work New South Wales doing a, doing largely an administrative role. But um, I just wanted to know more more and more and more. Mm. I wanted to learn the legislation. I wanted to know about our stakeholders in this environment we work in. I wanted to know about the machinery of government and parliament. Mm. Um, and, and that's probably me. If I go in, I go in deep. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's so, not a bad thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so now you have three kind of roles. Would that be right? Yeah, look, I, I play, and this is the, the beauty of my role. I get to play in a couple of different areas. And, and you know, I think I've I've kind of landed here because I've tried to make myself available for every opportunity. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm part of Safe Work New South Wales and have been for the, the last 13 years. Mm. Um, I, I established and um, continue to run the, what's called the Centre for Work Health and Safety, um, which is a, a research arm of Safe Work New South Wales or the New South Wales government that looks to produce evidence-based things that help people prevent workplace um, harm mm. uh, so that's that's you know greater than contributing to the academic literature um, which is a little bit of a different proposition we really look to to do practical tangible things mm. um, I also look after or I'm responsible for the um, the World Congress on Safety and Health at Work which is this wonderful um, 
event that we'll be hosting at the end of the year, a uh, once in a lifetime for Australia. We'll never see anything like that here again, but we're talking about two to 4,000 people coming to Australia to, um, to celebrate and, and, and talk about work health and safety. Yeah. Uh, and then the Safe Work Geek. So yeah, the Centre World Congress and generally uh, Safe Work, it keeps me busy. I can imagine, I can imagine, but super exciting because I think I, I certainly, and this is why I wanted to bring this conversation to life, I guess, is because it is, you know, the the, the things that you're doing, I think, is it's, it's the inspiring part of safety, right? Like you've got the research to look mm. at what are we actually changing? What is mm. going to shift the needle in what mm. we're doing, which in itself is awesome. And then on the flip side, you've got the Congress. It gets to bring this global kind of spotlight to Australia to, you know, in, in turn really safe work for bringing it to, together um, with you as well. Uh, I think that's just super exciting. And I'm super excited. I'm definitely going to the Congress later this year. So at the moment, what, what part do you think is inspiring you the most? Um, look, I think I think you're right. It's, it's that purpose and, and that's the way I reflect on my journey to public and, and maybe why I stay here is it is so purposeful. But in your right, it's the international discussion. It's the ability to work within the regulator and, and drive towards um, something purposeful and impactful. But even within the research centre, it's being able to do things that matter, you know, like the Centre for Work, Health and Safety um, collaborated with a company last year that produced the first um, ever, the world, a world first um, real-time silica dust detector. The something that will be in situ and tell you if you are exposed to harmful levels of silica dust. Now, that's never been done in the world mm. and we can directly attribute um, the impact of that to saving people from from this awful oh. disease and subsequently, you know, death. So, yeah. I mean, there's things like that that, that just don't compare um, to other jobs I've had in the past, mm. you know. It is just so insightful. But I, I think in addition to that, and I'm, I, I like to be challenged and, and continue um, to, to, to evolve and, and, and learn. Mm. Um, and I think that that's what safety, work health and safety is for us right now, for all of us, mm. everybody in the community. It doesn't matter where you are in industry. Um, we have new ways in which people are being engaged to work, whether you're talking about gig-style work or, you know, mm. I, I was reading something the other day that, you know, we have more people in with, with secondary employment than ever before. Mm. Um, you know, we have technology that is changing the face of how we work. Um, mm. it, it is It is a an exciting and evolving place to work. Um, and I think that that's what, what keeps us all kind of motivated. Mm, yeah, and I know um, we were only talking about in a member mingle recently, which is where our empowered members get together on a monthly basis. We were talking about that professional development plan and and what are others doing? And, and we really want to explore that, you know, mm. that that professional development just within our little group talk about you know what are you doing at work that's expanding your knowledge expanding mm. your learning because it is there is so much to learn and I think mm. it is it's really hard for a professional at times I guess when you are so focused on the day-to-day -day kind of rise and grind of health and safety at times to look outwards to continue to learn and upskill because there's so mm. much to keep learning mm. uh, so I really love that because I think that continual learning, we're definitely in a growth phase of, of what that looks like, uh, mm -hmm. not to mention the psych kind of risks that's coming out. But mm -hmm. I think just, yeah, if, I love I love continual learning and I think the more that we can learn and, and share with each other on what we're doing to learn is, is really powerful. So Absolutely. You've, you've obviously had a really diverse career to date. <laughs> 
you've really pushed some of the boundaries to get where you are, really, really driven. You've asked a lot of questions. What are the challenges that have come with, I guess, your roles, whether past or present? Yeah. So I think, um, as I mentioned, coming from the private sector into public, that was, and particularly the regulator, that was really, um, really challenging. Um, I was surrounded by different types of people, and then we're, we're talking about 13 years ago, so it's certainly a different place today. Um, but that was that was really challenging. I was um, almost seen as the outsider coming into this closed closed community, this, this sacred space. You know, fancy bringing somebody in at a you know at a, a particular level, um, not a base level, um, from private. You know, I was stealing other people's jobs. So so that was really and, challenging. And initially. I'd imagine you'd like. <laughs> you're not a health and safety professional and you're no bringing, exactly you're right bringing, you're bringing your real outsider yeah. in yeah <laughs> absolutely so that was yeah. really challenging initially and you know you, you do what, what most women know how to do you you um you be patient uh, you be resilient mm. uh, and you build the relationships and and show what you can do and, and quickly people shift um i think so so that was kind of the, the first really pivotal place um coming into into the last 13 years of my career particularly i then went in a couple of years into working for safe work i went in and and um, led the engineering team. So this is a group of engineers who um, who are also safe work inspectors. Mm. Uh, so it's a, it's a technical discipline um, who, who get involved in everything you can imagine from a regulator perspective. But, but what that meant for me was two things that were really challenging. One, I was leading a team of 15-odd men. Mm. Um, there, there were no other women and they were all um, had significant age seniority um, so that was that was a, a real challenge coming mm. in and, and again building those relationships uh, proving yourself I guess uh, to, to be able to um, show that you were in that role on merit um, and and being able to come up with new ideas and, and move that team forward and part of uh, leading the engineering team meant that I was also spending a lot of time with the construction sector. Um, and that, that could be really challenging going into those, um, I, I guess, work health and safety community um, environments where mm. you've got, you know, me representing the regulator. You've then got people from all across industry um, and then, then, you know, from the unions, from the, mm. the um, business associations and otherwise and standing in the front of, you know, 60 odd men in a meeting being representing the regulator, mm. um, often. Uh, representing views that were considered unpopular by industry, mm. um, so that was that was really challenging. Um, but again, you know, you, you pushed push through that, um, and 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 you know, rely on all of the things that that you um, that you've at, done in your career and that you know. At any stage, were you like? Because I'd imagine, you know, I'd like to think that I would overcome it and resilience and all that piece. But I'm mm. I'm, I'm a bloody flower most days. Um, did you ever turn around and just go, screw this, it's too hard, uh, and just go, I, I'm not sure that I'm fit for this? Um, oh, look, I, I think, I mean, there's there's probably moments like that. Don't get me wrong, it's ne never a smooth journey. And I think that as women, we're, we're our, our greatest um, critic, shall we mm. say. So you always look back in hindsight and go, wow, I could have done that a little bit differently or I should have done that better. Or, But, but never, I, I guess I've never looked back and gone, no, I'm, I'm not okay. Um, mm. I can't do this. So it, mm. to the contrary, I, I've almost trained my brain and probably throw back to formative years, trained my brain to figure out a way forward mm. as opposed to, you know, um, throwing in the towel, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, look, the, plenty of challenges. You never get it right. Um, mm. I think that, 
you know, in, a, in the face of people not believing in you. And that's, again, a very typical story of, of women um, coming up in their careers. Uh, you know, you need to ask what you uh, ask for what you deserve mm. and back yourself. And if you can kind of live by those two things, um, don't get me wrong, I work extremely hard. I make sure that mm. I'm well educated on topics. You know, I do the work. Mm-mm. But I always back myself uh, and I know that I need to ask for what I deserve because, you know, particularly in the past, it's not always being offered. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I think that's certainly a, a key takeaway for our listeners is is that ask because um, it won't always be put on, put on the nice platter in front of us, uh, which I think, yeah, <laughs> as, as women, you know, globally uh, with gender pay gaps and all the rest mm. without getting into that, it is, you know, we've got to be brave enough to ask for what we want. So mm. thank you for sharing that. Uh, someone early in their career, I guess, you know, stemming from that piece of advice, is there any other advice that you'd want to give to those that are kind of starting out in the health and safety space? Yeah, look, it's um, it's a it's a great question and I, I've been thinking a little bit about this. I mean, I, I think that... What we see now, and you, you mentioned it a moment ago, Alana, thinking about the, um, thinking about, let me take a step back here. When you, you're not always offered what, what you deserve, uh, as we just mentioned, and there is a gender pay gap. So there's clearly a continued disparity. And I think that um, one of the things that society is starting to recognise now is that a balance is not, a balance on boards and leadership roles or otherwise between gender is not just about quality Mm. it's also for benefit Mm. and so if I think along those lines and think about um what what advice I'd give to to women that are early in in their careers or even what advice I'd give to myself Mm. um going back it's to tap into some of those things that that are um strengths or or, you know women's superpowers shall we say you know we're great at relationships Mm. We're, we're we're naturally empathetic and caring. We know how to tune into people. And that's a huge asset in this, this mm. work health and safety environment where we are finally acknowledging things like mental health and that mm. that is not something that just happens at home or, or personal. Um, you know, uh, we're great at multitasking. We're great at thinking outside the box and create, finding solutions, you know, and it doesn't, doesn't need to be things that we do just within a work environment, you know, and I, I don't speak to this personally, but I watch my girlfriends with, with kids and they um, come up with very creative and inventive mm-hmm. ways to take care of their children. And, and, you know, for anyone that does have kids out there, look back at some of the things that you did during COVID while you were trying to work and homeschool. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you got really mm-hmm. creative, right? So I think tap into some of these superpowers that we already have. Mm-hmm. Um, be resilient, as I mentioned before, and ask for what you deserve. Um, and do the work, um, you know, so, so that you can get things things on merit. You know, as I said, I made myself available for every opportunity. Um, mm. I put my hands up for things that, that were extracurricular um, or that weren't necessarily things that I wanted to do um, to get the experience and to, to you know, to learn the business to, and so mm. on and so forth. So I think it's it's probably those couple of things. Yeah, we had an, one of our earlier podcasts with Alicia Jeffrey. She talked about really you know, stepping outside and going and learning within the business. And I think it's so powerful. And I think if it's, if we put that layer of the, the, you know, women's superpowers, you said of, of that empathy and that learning and the tuning into people, Mm. that's just going to pay off in waves because Mm. you've got this, we're learning from the business from a place of, I really care about what you do and who you Mm. are as a person Mm. and I want you to succeed. So how do we make that happen? And, you know, we only had a member last week who was saying, 
uh, their company is bringing in, um, you know, we have to have X amount of women kind of on, um, on met, the board yeah. metrics. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yep, been that, that's 10 years ago. Well done. Um, <laughs> but she was really concerned that there's going to be a day that the people in her team, only female safety professional group mm-hmm. of safety professionals, um, that she's going to be called out and said she's only she only got the job because she's a woman and she was like I feel like that's going to come back on me one day that mm-hmm. you know what do you know you only got it because you're a woman and I said to her mate you did get the job because you're a bloody mm-hmm. woman and you're bloody good at what you do like mm-hmm. why does it matter you know mm-hmm. why why are we framing it as such a negative that you got it because you're a woman you got it because of the the woman's strengths that you bring to that role the jo- the role that you do the strengths that you bring uh and we had to really turn her around on this because mm. it was just it was just like, no, embrace your superpower, girl. Like, go and scream from the rafters that I'm yeah. a woman. I'm a woman, hear me roar. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those kind of chanty. But I was so, mm. like, we've got to turn this around. You've got to see what those strengths are as, as a real power play. Um, yeah, no, and, and, and going one step further, and we, we've all had that and we will all get that in our yeah. careers. That, you know, it's real old school thinking that, that still exists, sure, but I yeah. think it's dying out and I think yeah. it will die out. Um, but also I agree with you, who cares either way? Men have been getting jobs because they're men for a long time. So, you mm. know what, like power to you again, do the work, be good at your job, um, yep. celebrate and, and tap into all of those skills that we have yep. and the rest of it, you don't apologise for it. No, no, I agree. Uh so I want to, but while we've got a little bit of time left, I want to quickly touch on what are the current research trends that you get to see um, that you are working on? You obviously mentioned the silica piece. What's going on mm. at the moment that uh, our listeners might be interested in hearing? Yeah, look, we've, we've got loads of things um, that, that we do, as I mentioned before, at the Centre for Work, Health and Safety that we push out free and publicly. So I definitely encourage um, all of your listeners to jump onto just Google Centre for Work, Health and Safety or Centre for the WHS. I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes. So if Brilliant. you're looking for it, you can tap in. There's free assets there around everything from, you know, we're about to release a healthy older worker toolkit and that's about supporting our ageing population um, mm. in work in the workplace so they continue and can continue to remain in the workplace for as long as they choose. Um, we've got mentally healthy um, toolkits, you know, so telling you how to look after psychosocial risk and consider that in an operational context and stepping you through how to how to look after the physical and the mental. Mm. Um, so there's, there's simple toolkits there. And then we've got a lot of kind of, new work sort of stuff, you know, whether you're talking about artificial intelligence and embedding artificial mm. intelligence in the workplace and how to consider work health and safety when doing that. Got this great scorecard that was released uh, at the end of last year, robotics, working with robotics. There is so much stuff there, but mm. I just wanted to touch on um, a new product that the report will actually hit the website in the next um, four weeks or so. It's called the Work Health and Safety Radar. And what that that's looking at doing is every six months, scanning a variety of sources to be able to paint the picture for Australia, the Australian work health and safety community around what's local, what's current and what matters. Um, and, and it'll tell us things like, um, you know, uh, trends that are upcoming, new, new tools that are available. We, we source a plethora of resources that, as far as I'm aware, it's never been done in the world. But work health and safety from a, an academic discipline perspective, it's not as progressive as others because it is so multidisciplinary. So, you know, mm. engineering's engineering's engineering. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you know, that, that is just the way that it is. Whereas work health and safety could be, you know, um, an ergonomist, it could be an occupational hygienist, it could be an engineer. It's a plethora of disciplines mm. within one environment. So what that means is that, 
the research research advancing in this space is often um, looking only at one area or one aspect of work mm. health and safety. It's often considered an illegitimate science, which is a little bit sad too. Um, so that also means that, that academia aren't always on the precipice. So what this radar does is it doesn't just look at what's coming out from the academic forum, but also what's, what are governments talking about? Um, what are inspectors seeing on the ground? What's the workplace seeing and what can they tell us right across Australia, right across different industries? Um, what's the grey literature telling us? It, it, it even taps into social media and looks at big data searches through social media. So every six months, and I've just been reading the report actually this morning, um, the draft report, it will tell us the things that we need to know as a work health and safety community and the things that we need to be looking out for mm. um, so that we can all advance that. And I'll give you a couple of examples from this morning. So one of the one of the things I was reading this morning um, is that Curtin University have just released a study um, on mental awareness, respect and safety. Um, and essentially it's highlighting that if you have team intervention interventions that can promote um, respect and uh, equality norms um, and alter those unsafe um, stereotypes, that that that's going to help us advance, you know, positive, po positive culture and work health and safety. We've got Manash who are talking about People that uh, a study that's just been released um, talking about people who are off sick um, from work, particularly due to injury and illness, that that, that increases, you know, the, the potential for or elevated risk of suicidality. Um, you know, we've got a study out of work uh, out of University of South Australia that's talking about um, that the organisational structures, not personal conflicts, are drivers to workplace bullying. They, these are real insights that give us practical um, steps to, to, to shift things. There's a lot on burnout coming out at the moment, but not mm. just the things that cause burnout, like excessive job demands and exposure to, to you know, to, to um, you know, trauma and other other things, but also that good, good workplace culture and good work design can actually prevent burnout um, mm. and can improve some of these outputs. So there's so many things that are coming out. Um, but as I said, it's not just about the insights. It's then also articulating or, or, or sharing the um, the solution. So I'd encourage um, your listeners to jump onto the Centre for Work Health and Safety, even follow us on socials, because then mm. we, we announce when we push all of these things out, so you don't have to be checking the site. Yeah, um, awesome. And that radar, I think, is going to become a real asset for the, the work health and safety community in Australia. Yeah, well, we've got a, a podcast coming up with Chandra on, Chandra Clements, on looking at the global risk uh, framework from the World Economic Forum yeah, uh, and talking about just how important it is to kind of go at a at a global level you know this mm -hmm. is this is the risk report of of what are the things that are, are going to affect society how are we mm -hmm. weaving that in and I think it is mm -hmm. it's looking at that radar and it is again if I go back to that professional development piece mm. how are we looking outside and mm. I've worked with a lot of safety professionals who do not look over the fence mm. of even their own department to go what are you learning about what did you hear what did you see so I think that radar will be super powerful mm. in in that context mm. uh now, it would be remiss if we didn't um, do a quick chat about the Congress. What's coming up? What can our listeners expect? Um, tickets, all the rest. 
Yeah, fantastic. Look, you know, you're talking about a few thousand people in Sydney from the work health and safety community across the world. So that'll that'll never happen, I don't believe, in our lifetime again. And it's never happened before. So the World Congress, it's a collaboration between the International Labour Organization, Safe Work New South Wales, and the International Social Security Association. But essentially it's like the Olympics. Travels around from nation to nation every three years and it's been functioning since nineteen fifty five. Mm. First time in the Southern Hemisphere and first time in Amazing. in Australia. So huge. Yeah. But it's not just, you know, a, a couple of nice days out of the office. This is intended and designed to actually teach people things about work, health and safety and give them those practical, tangible tools that they can go back and do something with when they get back to their, their office mm-hmm. to actually prevent harm. So it's five days of action. Um, it's not just an academic conference, but it's something whereby you'll hear from everybody in that work, health and safety community. It's a term I use a lot, I know, but what I mean by that is, workers, businesses, government, associations, academia, all of us that play a role in this environment. Um, and we think that that, those sh- that sharing of the, the diverse perspectives in the community is what we need to help us drive the conversation forward, have a real conversation. Sure, yeah. that have the esper- experts there, but also that have those that you're trying to affect, you know, in the workplace yeah. so, so we understand the practicality. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, there's networking, there's workshops, there's technical tours, and it's all, you know, in beautiful Sydney Harbour. So and jump on to... It's the 27th to the 30th of November uh are tickets tickets uh you can register um on online yeah Yeah, register online early bird closed 31st of march so we've missed early bird but um they can still register and get their tickets and the tickets are cheap as chips. If we think of Adelaide, what we pay for, you know, for a corporate event in Australia, you typically pay thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a day. This is five days, all inclusive, for fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, insane. So you, you know, training workshops you can register for. We've got technical tours on the Friday, whereby you can you can go out and see places like the Sydney Opera House uh, and do oh, a, right. a tour um, yeah. of what the, what their workplace health and safety looks like. A lunar Park have signed up. We've yeah. got some really cool technical tours there as well. Yeah, that's awesome. As well as your solid three day program and a, a Wednesday night evening um, on the harbour for for a gala night dinner as well. So we, we're really excited. But spring in Sydney, you know what what more do you need? I know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I've already booked my flights to Perth, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was meant to be anyway. Yeah, I've already booked my ticket, so that's really Good. exciting. Uh, is there anything else that we would share with our listeners or? Look, no, I think we've you can always so reach today. me. You can always reach me. You know, women yeah, need to so help I'll women. Share. Shout out if, yes. if I can assist anyone. We're always looking for good people to work with. We'd love to see you at the World Congress. Um, yep. But yeah, happy, and happy I'll to assist where I can. I'll pop your LinkedIn in the show notes for those that are looking to connect with Sky, as well as pop the Congress and the. Um, the Centre for Research onto the show notes. So please connect, please, um, yeah, share it around because we've got to celebrate that success together. So thank you for your time today, Sky. I will let get you back to your million things, no doubt, uh, and have a wonderful day. Excellent. Thanks, Lana. Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback or even better, Share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime you start implementing some things to transform your career.